This this is the Impressions Exchange Podcast. Impressions Exchange Podcast. Where all topics impacting the graphic imaging and printing industry are addressed via in-depth news coverage, analysis, and timely interviews. Hi, I'm Denise Gustafson, Editorial Director for Printing United Alliance and the guest host for this special Printing Impressions podcast series in celebration of Women's History Month, highlighting the women in the printing industry. During this series, I'll have the opportunity to talk with women from all segments of the industry about their experiences and their journey as a woman in the printing industry. So today, it's my pleasure to welcome Sylvia Morrow. She's a Senior Vice President at DGI in Visuals. So Sylvia, welcome. Thanks so much, Denise. Nice to be here. It's a pleasure. I'm looking forward to chatting with you and to find out, you know, your career path. So to get us started, can you tell us a little bit of what you do at DGI in Visuals and a little bit about where you came from? Sure, absolutely. So I work for a company called DGI Communications. Specifically, I'm the senior VP of our print division, DGI InVisuals. I'm so I'm not big on titles. I wear many hats. My primary role there is doing sales and project management for a few of our top clients. Um, this involves selling, quoting, managing projects, choosing the media, the print technique, making sure colors are hit and it's up to their quality standards. The finishing is correct. I also manage it through distribution and insta installation when that's required. So many of my projects are for retail institutions. And then in addition to that, I work with our marketing team, our sales team, and our sales support team. So lots of different hats and always willing to chip in whenever it's needed. Certainly keeps you busy. It does. It does. It's great. So how long have you been with DGI? Oh, my goodness. I think I'm going on my 25th year. Well, congratulations. I know people say that's crazy because in this world, you know, people are always hopping from organization to organization, but, you know, I love where I work. I love what I do. And um, yeah, 25 years. It's great. So how did you get started in printing? I'm guessing that this is probably not what you dreamed of when you were a little girl. I'm going to be in printing. Yeah. It's so funny. I was talking to a new client yesterday who's, who's actually a print buyer. And she said it best because we we're like, oh, how'd you get into this? How did you do this? And she said, well, didn't we all just kind of fall into printing? And I thought that was an interesting comment because it's it seems true. So quick, quick high level. I undergraduate, I went to school for media and communications. When I was an undergraduate, I fell in love with photography. I was big in the darkroom. I would spend hours in the darkroom. And when I graduated, my first job out, I mean, this is in the mid 80s. So it was still film, you know, it mm -hmm. was old school. So I got a job at this company called Palace Photo. And it was, it was a photo lab, there were like six in the country, but they did big photos, yeah. large formats. So all the large format stuff. Large did they have a room for the camera? Uh, yeah, well, they had, yeah, they had the room for the camp. We had multiple dark rooms and we yeah. had um, room, you know, where the desktop folks would comp the negatives, do the old Rubilith, you know, film processing. I got the job doing vertical enlargement. So I was on a, an enlarger doing like 30 by 40 prints, loading mm -hmm. them in, um, into the processor. Sometimes I did Cibachrome wall murals. So if anybody's mm -hmm. listening who has any idea what that is, it was pretty cool. And so I worked there for, gosh, for almost a year doing the printing. Then I moved into customer service 
and there were even times I was driving the box truck into Boston, delivering, you know, big, big prints for some of the events and, and shows. So I was there for, for a year. And then I decided, because my real love was fine art photography. I said, you know, geez, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go to grad school because I think I want to teach and do more with my with my own art. So I, I did that. I moved down to DC area, got my MFA in photography. When I graduated, life happened, got married, moved overseas for like six years, kind of did some teaching over there. And then and then, you know, when I moved over there, it was like Photoshop was just coming out, right? Mm -hmm. like Photoshop 1.3. When I came back, I felt obsolete. In the course of six years, the entire industry changed and it all went digital. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And actually, one of the gals I worked with at my original job, there were like three women there who were very key in my in my life because they were strong women. Management taught me a lot. She called me up and said, hey, there's a really cool company in Boston called InVisuals, and they're doing all digital printing. And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. She's like, you got to come in, check it out. We're wrapping buses. We're doing wall murals. It's all on printers. No more darkroom. It's a woman-owned business right in the art section of Boston. It's happening. Check it out. I went, I interviewed, I loved it. And I, I you know, I worked there for like, I don't know, five or 10 years and 9-11 happened. Mm. And um, at that point, things got tough for a lot of, you know, marketing and print companies. And we merged with another top print company in New England called DGI, hence our name, DGI and Visuals. Yeah. So that's kind of how I ended up where I am now. A lot of different jobs. I guess I should say during that course, I was hired as a customer service rep. Then I got into account management and sales. I managed outsource installation for a while, assisted with VP and marketing. And, and it's just all along the way, I kept learning. It was great. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the way to do it anyway. I mean, like you, you know, they say, if you're not, if you're not learning, you're not living in some, in certain aspects. I have to tell you, that's exactly right. That's how I feel. And one of the reasons why I think I love my job and why so many people I work with, most of them, believe it or not, have been there, you know, 15, 20 years is because every day, you're learning something new. You would think, oh, isn't it the same old thing every day? Absolutely not. With large format printing, it's always something new, a new project, a new way to use the materials, problem solving, you know, and sometimes you're scratching your head. And obviously I have a great team of R&D folks who say, we all get in a room and say, how are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. And that's what I like about it. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. Creative, entrepreneurial. It's yeah, it's a fantastic industry. It, it is absolutely exactly. Yep. Yep. Now you said that you stayed in touch with some of the women that you knew from your first job. I guess that leads into my question of other influences. You know, you mentioned that they were strong, they were in leadership. Yeah. So how, you know, what was the influence that they had or even, even other people had on your career? Sure. I can tell you that. So it's interesting because I'm still in touch with those three women that I, the, the president of InVisuals, the um and then the other two gals I got I worked with right out of school. One was a really strong saleswoman. She was she she had this air of confidence about her. She knew what she wanted. She was breaking sales records, and she kind of took me under her wing and really taught me about having self confidence and being a strong woman. I mean, back then she was blowing away all the guys her rec her sales and and what she was doing. So so that was wonderful. 
then of course the business acumen and marketing savviness of former president of Invisuals, I was like, wow, no, that's pretty cool. Like a woman owned business. I didn't even know that was a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Then I would say in graduate school, there were a couple of professors who, you know, really taught me about gender studies, feminism, women, how we're viewed, how to have some self-worth. So I was fortunate that and I don't know how it happened, but until until you reached out to me, I was like, boy, I really have had a lot of wonderful influences. I mean, aside from family members, you know, moms and sisters and things like that, but strong women who have taught me a lot. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you really learned a lot as well in your graduate with the, the women's studies. What would you say is some of the top things that you learned because of that? You know, I learned about the way women are depicted, you know, a lot of it studying images of how women are portrayed, Mm -hmm. how female artists were treated differently than male artists, even to the historical, you know, art history references of women in painting. So I think, you know, just kind of being mindful of, because you kind of know that there's inequalities or you kind of know that women may be treated differently, but until you really start thinking about it, it's like, boy, we really need to make some progress. And I, and you know, that was in the late eighties, mm-hmm. um, early nineties, I graduated and you know, I see great strides, absolutely great strides in, in the 20 years or however many years it's been since then. Yeah. And, and then that all informs the way I speak with people now who, who, who may not have been afforded the opportunity to study some of those things, Yeah, trying to raise their awareness, their consciousness of, Hey, you know, you might not want to say that, or, you know, did you know that women historically were this and, and just trying to sh- share the wealth because there's there's so much for folks to be aware of mm-hmm. when it comes to to women and gender study or just just the way women are treated. And it's interesting. In some cases, I think it's an unconscious way that people maybe approach women. They might not think it's something that's a bad thing to say because that's just how they've always said it. it that's exactly right. And and it's funny you say that because there's a few men who I work with who, and again, I am very fortunate. I work at a very progressive company where creative, it's just a different mindset. I don't feel any, it, it's a great situation. And some of the men I work with, I, after meetings or if, if we're with a group or something, I might say, hey, geez, when that person said that, you know, it made me feel this way. And they might, and he says, I never would have thought of that. I said, well, that's why I'm sharing it because- Sometimes people don't think of it. And I think, I think for women, it's important that we point those things out, you know, mm-hmm. or if you're on a call and somebody says something inappropriate, it's like, Hey, Whoa, you know, I take offense to that. And I think that's, I think that's important because usually they say, Oh my goodness, I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. But pointing it out is, is part of what I think women, women need to do. We don't have to yell because majority of the time folks, they don't realize what they're mm-hmm. saying. It's not just men, it's women too. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things like you could walk into a a room, mixed gender. And the first thing that, you know, a person will say is, Hey guys. Yeah. Yeah. Not in it. They don't mean it in a bad way. They're greeting everybody in the room, but the phrase itself is gender biased. Yeah. It it, it is gender biased or, you know, obviously a lot of folks, you know, don't like it, like to be called a girl Mm -hmm. and yeah. And they don't realize it. And it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough one. Yeah. And like you said, you I mean, you were learning about this in the 80s and you say we've made progress, but then we look at the pandemic that happened in 2020. And by and far, the largest group of people that left the workforce was women. 
Yeah. And that begs the question of the why. Yeah. Was it because the kids are home? Somebody has to watch the kids. Is it because the woman's making less than the man? So her salary is, we don't need it. You know, you can be home. And then it's going back to some of those traditional stereotypes of, yeah. you know, the mom being home. Yeah, it, it is. You're you're right. And it is. A, it's an interesting fact that I don't think I realized, but I, I do think it's because of all of those things. I, and, and I think that's something that when companies are thinking about ways to attract women to the workforce or to their company, what are some of the perks that you can do to help that maybe a greater work from home policy, maybe mm-hmm. being able to offer certain benefits, helping with you know, childcare or just being mindful, because I do think a lot of that falls on women. And, and I think that's tough. And, and, and it's not, not always fair, but it does happen. And, um, and I think during the pandemic, I know people who were trying to do calls with two kids at home, one's, you know, an infant, and wow, that's a lot to juggle. That's a lot, like, like, like work isn't stressful enough, right? (laughs) You're going to tie that to it too. Some tough times back then. Yeah. I mean, and then you have the stereotypes of of women, you have a working mom. And sometimes that could be some people look down on that. But like you said, I mean, in some ways, it's a working mom works harder than everybody else. Yeah, because that woman is juggling everything. It's it's true. And, you know, I work with a lot of strong women, but I also have a lot of women clients for for whatever reason, it seems like marketing communications and some of the, you know, designers, a lot of them are women. Mm-hmm. I, I work with men, but a lot are women and a lot of them are very high powered women. And sometimes I'll, you know, we'll be talking and I'll be like, how do you do it? How do you have, you know, two kids? How do you, you know, you've got this commute, you've got this, you know, and they're like, you know, gee, Sylvia, I work all day. You know, I get up early, work all day, go home, make dinner, do this, do that. And I'm back on my computer at 9 PM. And sometimes it involves a glass of wine, but I'm still back on at nine and I'm trying to continue working till 11 or 12. And boy, that's a lot. That's just a lot. I think it can be tough. Yeah. Not to say men don't work hard because I don't want to. No, they do. Say it. Right. But I do think a lot of those things fall squarely on the woman. And then that also begs the question is, do women feel inferior and then have feel like they have to do that? nine o'clock back on the computer after kids are asleep to finish up. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I guess I'm fortunate. I've, I've never, I've never felt not that I, I mean, we all feel inferior, but I've never felt because of my gender, people looked differently at me. I'm fortunate with that. So, mm-hmm. so this isn't out of my own personal experience, but I suspect there are some, some professions in some companies where women absolutely feel that way. They feel they have to they have to prove themselves. They have to go above in order to compete in certain arenas for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Which is kind of sad. Cause then, you know, you go back to, we thought we were past a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think there are some people who, Oh, it's, Oh, we're all equal. We're all equal. Mm-hmm. It's not. And I can't always pinpoint it. I mean, sure. There's wage gap differences. There's the way we're treated. There's it's, it just, we're not quite there yet, but we, mm-hmm. boy, we have made some, some strides, but I think women have to keep supporting each other. I think we need to um, check in with each other, elevate each other anytime we can. It's important. It's important. Yeah. I think it's very important because I mean, and some of this, you know, we're talking about supporting women 
within our organization, maybe in organizations that we work with, but that support, that building up other women should start way before the workforce, way before they hit the workforce, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, gosh, you just go back to like looking at kids today, you know, young girls and there's, there's just so many pressures on women as far as I know I'm going to go off on a whole different conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to do that. I just think there's a lot of pressures for young girls, for teenage girls, for many reasons. And I think, I think women and girls need to, to just not turn on each other and be catty and gossipy, but support each other. And if you hear somebody saying something derogatory or negative or stereotypical, because women can do it too, mm-hmm. it's important to point out, hey, whoa, you know, you may not know her all that well, or you may not know what she's going through, or that's not really a nice thing to say. And you're basing that on gossip. Boom, start it young, teach it all the way through because that's important. Yeah, exactly. Looking back at the workforce and women in the workforce, are there patterns that you've noticed over the years that women could be doing better so that way they can advance their careers? Yeah, I think women, I think, you know, obviously networking, going mm-hmm. to meetings, chatting with other other women, seeing other people's plights. But I think the biggest thing is standing up for yourself. I think it's easy sometimes to, or intimidating, to really ask for a fair wage, ask for what you think you deserve, ask, never be afraid to ask. If you know you're worth it, ask for it. Listen to your intuition. Those sorts of things I think, I think can help women just being strong, I think is important. It's interesting what you said, you know, knowing your worth and not being afraid to ask for what you're worth is very important. But then the question is, or the comment that is, it's kind of sad that society puts women in the place that they are afraid to stand up for themselves in some cases. Yeah. Are we talking about work or are we talking about just society in general? I mean, work, but society in general as well. I mean, it kind of goes with both, but you know, in work, if we're afraid to talk about our worth and to, to ask for or command, you know, pay equality. Is it society that's bringing that stereotype or that, that feeling where is that a learned thing or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I have to think on that. Is it a work, is it a work environment? Because maybe there aren't as many female leaders. So you're Mm -hmm. a little intimidated or is it in general? And, and I, I have to think that it's probably, gosh, there are so many different, different situations that it applies to, but I do think that I guess the bottom line or the rule that I would say is know your worth. Don't be afraid to ask for it. And, and, you know, something else I think a lot about is people giving me praise or telling me how I'm doing. I think that's important, not just other women, but I want to hear it from, from the, from the men that I work with, Mm -hmm. you know, And, and I don't think that happens as often as it should. And I think as a culture within companies, we should be doing more of that. You know, getting real praise and real like, hey, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for all your hard work. You know, when it's when it's warranted, that's important. No, I agree. And I think you'd also have to err on the side of not going overboard with that either, because then it becomes disingenuous. Well, yeah, you know, there's a lot of things on LinkedIn where folks are, oh, kudos to this person and this person. And it's like, you know, when somebody's really working hard at this Mm -hmm. shop, 
it's like, I try to make a point of thank you. Thank you so much. Or how are you doing? Like, this is a tough time. How are you doing? I think that that, it, yeah, you don't want it to be disingenuous, but you do want to support, support your members, support your team members, mm-hmm. because what that, what that does is it reinforces our worth, which then allows us to feel like, Hey, I am justified in asking for a raise or asking for more because I know I'm doing a great job. Yeah. And you're comfortable and you feel like you're in a safe place that you can. Yes. That's a very, that's a great point, Denise. Yeah. When you feel safe and you feel comfortable, that that's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how can we promote that safe environment or even or better inclusion in the workforce? Are there any strategies or things that you've observed? Because I mean, you've been in a number of different companies, but are there ways that we can help to promote better inclusion within companies? You know, I, it all starts with a company where you feel like you're heard, where leaders give and have empathy, because I think empathy, and this is something I think I, I see a lot of women having, empathy allows you to feel how others are feeling and to understand. And when you have that sort of insight, you're able to understand maybe what the company or the employees need and to to help to just to help the team i think to have greater inclusion of women and how um in, in the workforce is 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 to help them feel comfortable and i think mm-hmm. sometimes that's when you put yourself in their shoes and you understand their daily challenges challenges like understanding like oh i know this person has two kids one of her kids is is in high school the other one's in college i know she needs to leave early cuz she is a long weekend she's got to get her understanding their lives. I know this one has two dogs and she likes to leave because she has to take care of them or boy, they're battling with this. Or Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, for me, I just think that it's important when a company really and leadership understands and knows their employees. I mean, for a small company. Yeah. The larger you get, the harder it is, but then it's by departments. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because people want to feel included. They want to feel heard. They want to feel known. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't want to work 50 hours a week at a company where they don't know anything about you. Yeah. That's my feeling. You're just a number. You're just an email address. Right. Right. Life is hard. Mm -hmm. We need to have a little bit more empathy, I think. So how important is it for you or for women in general to have other women in leadership positions within the printing industry? I know you mentioned, you know, you had some that you looked up to. How important was it to have those women in those positions? I mean, for me and, and for my roles, it, w- it was very important because it opened my eyes, right, to see mm-hmm. these very strong women who were running businesses, who were woman-owned, doing their thing and making it happen. And I think the company I'm at now, you know, we have several key women in leadership roles, which is great. I always want to see more because they're definitely, the percentages are down for women um, in that in those roles. And I do think it's important. Because until it's 50-50, it ain't 50-50. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, it, as long as there's a disparity, it's it's, notice, it's noticeable to the women. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And it's tough. I mean, this industry as traditionally, whether you're looking at commercial side, commercial printing or package printing or even the wide format side, it has been traditionally men that have been leading and running the charge, but that has been changing. Yeah, it is. It is changing. It is changing. And I'm seeing, you know, I think it was unique that back in the, in the nineties that a gal was running 
was the president of the, of that of Invisuals. I think that was very unique. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean we're we're in the industry, and and I'll be honest, I see, I I think women in print, at least for sales, I see women. I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but I think a lot of the more successful women as account reps, I I think they're more that. No, I think men, I've seen many very successful women account reps. And mm-hmm. I think because for a lot of marketing and communi- corporate communications, the folks that they're dealing with are also women. Yeah. And, you know, they just, they click, they have a connection. In this industry, there's a lot of room for women. Absolutely. Yeah. And in some ways it could be like, you know, we're in this together. Exactly, exactly. Because you're, you also have a lot of similarities. It's like, oh, you know, how old's your son? Or, oh my gosh, what's Mm -hmm. your husband do? Or, oh, it's like you click, you know, I mean, not to say we don't click with men, but I do think that sometimes with women, there's a, it's, it's, it's an obvious thing. Maybe we're not going out golfing like the guys do, but we might be doing something else. Mm -hmm. You have more shared life experiences. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as we're kind of starting to wrap up a little bit, you know, as we said, we'd love to see more women in the printing industry. We'd love to see, I mean, just more people in the printing industry as a whole. What do you wish that you could tell people about the industry that they might not know or about your career within the industry? So I think what is wonderful about the print industry, specifically for for me, I can speak to large format printing, is Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity where you can start at a low level, learn many different roles, and you can make that be a stepping stone to other careers. So you could come in, you could learn, you know, large format printing, you could learn all about the different projects, trade shows, events, vehicle wraps, all of that. And you could take that knowledge and you could go do something else with it because it would be valuable experience. You could go into corporate communications. You could go to event planning, trade show management, marketing. You you could leave the industry and and do more with, you know, you've kind of, you know, done it for five years. You've learned a lot. You can move on. Or you can make it a lifelong career and work your way up the chain and, and have a wonderful career in it. I, I think it's a unique industry that affords both both of those avenues. I think that's what I would say. I agree. And I don't think a lot of people understand that what's really involved with print and what the opportunities that are available with print. Uh, Yes. And the other thing about it is you are meeting some fabulous people. You are dealing with ad agencies, designers, marketers, high level corporate people, nonprofits. You're exposed to so many people. If you're in sales, you know, you are. And and the other thing, you know, I mean, I kind of tend to talk about the roles I've had, but we Mm -hmm. have a production team that are, wonderful designers. And a lot of our team, I consider them craftspeople. They're working with their hands. They're making things happen. And most of them, believe it or not, do have an art degree or went to school for marketing or art. And you just kind of find this niche where it's like, hey, this is a good fit for me. A lot of like-minded people and you work well as a team. And mm-hmm. um, so it's working with your hands. It's it, it's the whole package for me. You know, I'd always wanted to be a teacher, but I find that now I'm teaching my clients. I'm learning, I'm doing something creative. It's very tactile. It's fast paced. It's, it's, it's great. I mean, that's, that's, that's why I enjoy it so much. So you really are still a teacher. I, you know, it's funny every day I am 
telling clients, teaching them something. Absolutely. So uh, for me, this worked out perfectly. Mm -hmm. And especially, especially if you're dealing with a lot of print buyers as well, from what I'm seeing the industry, a lot of the print buyers are young, they are new to the industry. So they just, they don't understand a lot of what's going on. Yes, you are 100% correct. They are young, they don't get it. And in, and I enjoy teaching them about that. But that definitely is something that that needs to happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because print isn't, it isn't easy. At least large format is, and I'm not saying, yeah, it's not easy. None of it's easy. (laughs) No. But honestly, if it was easy, then would it be worth it? No, no, I would be bored. And I I can say that I'm not bored. That's always good. New adventure, new adventure. New adventures every day is exactly what we all want. Absolutely. You got it. Whereas I asked my husband, where is your sense of adventure? <laughs> yeah, I think I think we need that. We need that uniqueness and uh, adventure every day. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. So sure. as a kind of wrap up question, what advice would you give to young women that are considering entering the printing industry? Uh, what advice? I would tell them. I would tell them there's no, we have a saying, there's no crying in large format printing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I was on the verge of tears only once, but uh, you know, because you have deadlines. Um, mm-hmm. I would say be strong. I would say it's an industry where you're going to learn. I would say absorb, absorb everything. You know, I would say go out back, talk to the guys out in finishing, talk to the printers, talk to the desktop folks, talk to everybody because you're going to learn about, all aspects of business, print, color, design, materials, and and it's going to it's going to lead you down a path you might not have thought. You might stay print working there forever, or you might move on. But you're going to learn wonderful things, and I can guarantee you, you're going to meet some wonderful people. I think I would echo those same comments. <laughs> Sylvia, it was pleasure talking with you today. Thank you so much for being a part of this uh, whole conversation. Denise, thank you so much for inviting me. It was a real pleasure. Take care now. Thanks. 